0: We are finally at the U Studios coming to you live. We would not quit until we got back in there. And that's why this podcast sounds so damn good. The audio is so picture perfect. Picture yeah, ha- perfect.
1: Harrison's actually just he, the only thing that... He's just covering his mouth with the t t-shirt right now. That's yeah. why his audio is so I've muffled. A,
0: I've got a mask on. I'm trying to be safe in this coronavirus-heavy uh, world. But no, we are in our basements. At least I'm in my basement. Yeah, I'm in you. my basement. Nice. Look at that. We, we have really become... True podcasters, we're, we're broadcasting live from our own basement on video call instead of like in, in a nice, uh, air conditioned studio in a university. We are actually living in our parents' basements right now, but also we're like, we also live in our parents' house, so. yeah. But so that's where we are, that's how I feel like the state of the sports world is right now. It's nice how pretty much everyone in this world, at least for most of the past few months, has been in their basements or at least their houses too. So, we don't have that much to complain about, I guess, in that sort of cosmic sense. But also, there have been about there were like about four or five days of sports that happened between now and our last podcast. Like we talked about March Madness, kind of funny. There was what was it? One game of the Atlantic Ten tournament was played before everything got shut down.
1: Yeah, and you know, BU won the Patriot League, but to get an auto bid, but it's just not going to happen, I guess
0: rigged against us rigged against us the whole system but no so we're today we're going to be talking about i think everything that's happened we yeah. talked about where the sports world goes from this and even though we haven't gotten live sports to talk about i think you will enjoy this podcast so here we go
1: absolutely but first
0: milo hamilton Swing Welcome back to the StatCast with your hosts Sam Greenman, and me, Harrison Friedman. And we are not, again, like we said, we are not coming to you from Boston. We're coming to you from somewhere in Western Massachusetts and somewhere in St. Louis, Missouri. And Sam, why don't we get started talking about the day that really changed everything, March 11th.
1: Yeah, March 11th was just a tragic day when you think back on it. You know, there's spring training games being played. There's uh, even an NBA game being played, a couple of them. There's a uh, couple of bas- college basketball regular season tournaments that are uh, trying to finish up. And then uh, one by one, the Dominoes fell and pretty much robbed the whole world of distractions.
0: Yeah. I remember just scrolling through Twitter and seeing what I thought could not be real, but definitely was. Sham I believe it was, tweeted. That Rudy Gobert had tested positive coronavirus like a few minutes before tip-off in Oklahoma City. And this is at a time. No, that was
1: that no, that see, that's not that's not how I remember it. How being, do you remember it? I remember it being like, for some reason there's a delay on the Thunder in the Thunder Jazz game right now. We don't know what it is. And like it was delayed for like twenty minutes and then like a, an official came running onto the court to tell somebody something, and then like the PA announcer said uh, this game tonight has been canceled. You are all safe, but just leave.
0: Yeah, I. It was an absolutely insane night. I mean, we. Of course, things had been happening in the sports world. People do forget that. Although not that much had been changing in the United States, people were, I think, a little more wary. But at the same time, I was at a spring training game.
1: Yeah, so was my dad.
0: Yeah, I was at a spring training game just a couple of days before that. That one was social distancing. I mean it just seemed like a regular Monday, which it really was. But as I was leaving the stadium that day, everything uh, – MLB reporters suddenly started not being allowed in clubhouses, and that happened across all sports. And that was also the day, I believe, that Rudy Gobert touched all the mics in the room.
1: That's – man, we got to go into that a bit more. Yeah. Because that really sent me over a ledge.
0: If, if it had been any – if it hadn't been someone who tested positive the coronavirus – no one would have cared, but there was a big deal made about it because it seemed like he was almost poo-pooing the whole thing. And then he's the, the first case. He's the first case that ha- that happens to. It's almost like it feels kind of cosmic that he gets that. It's like almost karma in a way. But that also I think scared everyone because every reporter probably took their mic back out of the after that. They took their reporter back after that. And Rudy Gobert, the player who just tested positive coronavirus, had touched. And we didn't know that much about coronavirus. We weren't sure how it could be transmitted. We were sort of guessing in a lot of ways. But that sort of thing really drove fear into a lot of people. And suddenly you had a Utah Jazz team that had to have like 20% of the entire amount of coronavirus tests in the state of Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, and then they also like they were like pretty sure they all had to be quarantined in the locker room for a good amount of time.
0: Yeah, and there were no hotels that would take them for the longest amount of time. I mean, who would, honestly? And then it was almost strange to see who it was that got it because it was Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, the two clear stars on that jazz team and no one else. (laughs) And, of course, we've heard that there's possible discord that's formed after that, that Mitchell is resentful of Gobert. But at the same time, we don't really know who gave it to whom. So I don't know if that's a little displaced. But regardless, it made everyone take everything seriously because less than 15 minutes after that tweet happened, after Rudy Gobert was announced of tested positive coronavirus, the NBA season was postponed indefinitely. But not before
1: the Knicks-Hawks game was happening.
0: Yeah, there's a bad. This, this too.
1: the whole cancellation, didn't stop the Knicks-Hawks game from continuing, so it continued, and the Hawks made like a big comeback and forced oh, overtime. Right. They lost in overtime, but, like, Vin- they gave Vince Carter the last shot, and he made it, and kind of everybody knew that, all right, this might be the last time we ever get to see Vince Carter. Shot in his career. Yeah, exactly. It's It, it was, was very wild.
0: Yeah, it it had a real moment of finality, and it's like Vince Carter is going to keep going on and you'll just keep coming back every season, and then it, it had to be something extrajudicial in a way that stopped him. Yeah. He was yeah, the really the last person playing. I remember Mark Cuban, I think, was tweeting from the sidelines of the Mavs game that was going on. Yeah, there
1: was the there was the fam- the famous meme of him like looking at his phone and like in
0: shock. Yeah. I mean, how does it feel to be playing a game and then realizing that that's the last one that's going to happen? That the entire rest of like just the whole sport just got cancelled. So it's like, oh, you know what, well, I guess finish the game. What can you do? Another game that was supposed to be played that night ended up getting canceled because a ref had ref. The previous jazz game when they were in Toronto it was all a massive mess, and the NHL that was canceled there that night. Major League Baseball was canceled the next morning, and suddenly we had three active sports. We were looking to a uh, really fun April with all four with technically four sports if you include the NFL draft, which probably gets more coverage than anything in any of those three sports. And we flash forward a month and a half later, and Roger Goodell was doing it from his basement.
1: Yeah, he's doing TikTok dances in his basement. and it's.
0: We're not that different from Roger Goodell, you and I.
1: Yeah, we're literally in our basement right now.
0: Yeah, but one of my – this is just about the NFL draft, but one of my favorite tweets about that was the person who recorded Roger Goodell slowly changing his clothes as the night went on and sinking into this state of being more and more Oh, tight. that's
1: right. I, I remember that yeah. happening, just like being like – uh, by, at the beginning of the night, he looked like he was 50, and at the, be- at the end of the night, he looked like he was 85.
0: Yeah. Real, uh, what a, what an insane period of time. The NFL is the only sport which really well, – we don't really talk about the NFL on this podcast, but the NFL is the only sport that's actually owns the pandemic. Because a week later, free agency started. Free agency is not something you really have to do in person. And like Tom Brady left the New England Patriots and went to Tampa Bay. You had nothing, you had no transactions happening in any other sport. Based on, I guess, you technically could have had transactions, but no one really chose to do anything like that. Thank goodness we didn't have a summer similar to the one we had. I'm sorry, winter, like the one we had the previous year, where yeah. everyone signed really late because who knows what things would have been like if, like, Garrett Cole doesn't, is like thinking of signing and then suddenly coronavirus happens and he still hasn't joined the team.
1: But that's a, that's an interesting dynamic. I wonder what would have happened.
0: Yeah. Like if Derek Cole is like, Hmm, Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, the, like, Padres, I don't really know who else, who else is. Angels. The Angels. That was it. If he's like choosing which coast to go on and suddenly New York city shuts down because of the pandemic, like he's going to find New York because the team is in uh, Florida still. But anyway, so we're here to talk about baseball usually and basketball too. And I think there could not be two sports that have handled this pandemic in more different fashion. you want to start talking about that?
1: Yeah, so Rob Manfred's dumb. Um,
0: that is currently yeah, Sam.
1: That's my, that's my um, Zoom name right now is Rob Manfred is dumb. Because, you know, I saw a great tweet that really summed up what the uh, interactions between the owners and the players association is. And I'm gonna, I'm going to read it to you. MLB. Here, have a burger. Players Association, you promised steak. MLB, rips burger in half. Here, have two burgers. Players Association, that's not two burgers. MLB, we can make it four burgers if you want, no problem. Like, And like, kind of the analogy here is that the owners kind of offered a weak sauce deal that didn't really pay the players much for like 50 or so
0: games. Well, and, I, I think we should clarify what exactly they offered. They offered 82 games with less salary, making it about 33% of what the actual season would have been. Then they offered 50 games with full salary, making it about 33% of what the season would have been. And then they offer 72 games with 75% salary, making it about 33% of what the season would have been. And they have this weird deal where they have like the highest paid players give more money to the lowest paid players.
1: Yeah, the high the high risk 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 player thing. thing. It it was weird
0: in the players getting about 33% of what their season salary should have been. I don't understand how this is so hard.
1: Yeah, and the big problem is that, you know, the players are like, we're not idiots, bro. We know that you're literally offering us the same amount of money. We want more money. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I can split this $5 bill in half, and now you can have five $5 bills or two $5 bills.
0: Major League Baseball, here's what I think is going on, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but I think I think Scott Boris was talking about this and the guys if you listen to the podcast know I love Scott Boris. So he was talking about how the owner of the Cubs there was oh one of the White Sox. It was one of the owners of the Chicago team, but Ricketts and Reinsdorf are equally untrustworthy, was instead of saving the money that he had made, decided to re- use that money and take out loans to buy a bunch of real estate all around the stadium. And so he was using the money that he was making for the team to buy even more real estate because that's how basically MLB owners treat the team. They don't treat it like a fun thing to have and you really want them to do well in the Winter World Series. No. Much they want every, their money. Exactly. Every owner nowadays wants a team. They treat it as an investment option. They want to use a team to make more money. And because of that, they're often going to run cash poor. And because they're running cash forward, that means they're not getting paid the amount of money that, say, they would with attendance. And especially for those attendance-heavy teams, they're sort of, quote-unquote, running out of money. Now, are are these billionaires really in that much trouble where they're going to run out of money if they're forced to pay the players a little bit more? Probably not. But what they're trying to do is salvage their own profits for the sake of a game. And I know that there are a lot of people... Who think that the players are greedy for demanding that much in the first place, and I get it. You want your entertainment, there's a pandemic but going he on. They also
1: signed contracts to play for that much,
0: exactly. They signed contracts, and not only that, they agreed to a prorated amount a very specific prorated. They said, Okay, we will get money for how much we play for how much we pay, play, and it's assumed that's going to be about an 82 games, which is what the plan was for a long time until. The owners are like oh actually i uh, we can we do a lot less and that's going on at the same time that there are teams saying they want to cut the minors you know i don't know how many people know this but there was literally a law passed in the budget a couple years back allowing mlb teams to have an exception to pay their minor leaguers less than the minimum wage and not have to work with overtime laws so minor leaguers get totally screwed on this and minor leaguers during this time it's 400 a week or 400 every two weeks. I think it's 400 a week. They're getting paid $400 a week to have a non-compete clause. They can't work for, they can't work for anything else during this time. They're expected to stay in baseball shape and they can't even file for unemployment. So they're getting paid a minuscule salary. And you know what lots of teams decided during this time, because you know, we've already been talking about cutting the minors and, getting rid of lots and lots of players they decide
1: yeah some play, some teams have already just done that but in and the and you know the nice teams have kept them and then and the teams with nice players but not nice owners you know the nice players are like yeah we'll pay some we'll, we'll pay your salary
0: yes david price who hasn't been on the dodgers for more than five minutes basically decided yeah if you, you look up
1: david price and mookie <laughs> Betts highlights on youtube you'll find three second videos
0: David Price. It wasn't even his choice to go to the Dodgers. It was Mookie Betts who was the one who wanted to get traded, and so David Price kind of went along for the ride. And he decided out of his own pocket to pay the salaries of these players that baseball teams wouldn't pay. Lots of them were refusing to even pay the teams the minor league salaries, four hundred bucks a week through for, the end of the.
1: For for reference, from my experience, four hundred dollars is pretty much exactly how much uh, forty hours of minimum wages in Massachusetts.
0: Yeah. And I should also specify it would cost less than $5 million total to pay for the entire salaries for every minor leaguer in class uh, low A through Triple A for the rest of the season. Which, if you can't handle $4.9 million for every single person, for $400, just a $400 a week, then should you really be an MLB owner? I don't know if it costs someone who's a billionaire if they can't afford it a million. It's like asking someone who has $1,000 in the bank account if they can afford five bucks.
1: Uh, rough math there, but yeah.
0: I think it's pretty accurate. I yeah, think on
1: second thought, yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, there we go. All right, and these owners uh, have more than a billion dollars. And so, that's been the clusterfuck going on in Major League Baseball, and I apologize to my father for that for swearing. But anyway, do you want to start talking about how much better the NBA has been during this time?
1: Yeah, so the NBA actually has a return-to-play plan. And it's actually – the players are actually happy with it. So starting July 31st, 22 teams will return to play, the top 13 teams from the West and the top nine teams from the East, each of whom will play eight regular season games uh, to determine playoff seeding. And if necessary, there will be – play-ins for the 8th and ninth seeds. Um, and at the latest, uh, Game 7 of the NBA Finals would be October 12th.
0: Which isn't great, but I mean, we might have the season back by even before New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah, they say the 2020-2021 regular season will likely be in December 1st.
0: Which would be crazy.
1: Yeah, that would be... That doesn't seem about the very right. How are you going to...
0: I If I had to break, I would say Christmas.
1: That even that's that's like well, here's so. Like, here's, so here's the thing you end middle of June regular time, and then four months later, you get you start back
0: up. Well, you have a lottery in August, the lottery uh, the picks being apportioned in August, then yeah. you probably have like the draft in like September or even October. I think it's a couple, it Dra- took up
1: uh, apparently draft is scheduled October 15th.
0: Okay, then that happens immediately after the season. It's not going to be a heavy free agency season this year, which is really important. There already before this, there were not a lot of teams that had salary cap space, and there were not very many exciting free agents. It's very different than this this past summer was.
1: Yeah, now the cap's going down as well too. Yeah. So
0: the cap was already going to go down with the whole Darren mori fiasco at the beginning of the season, which that was this season. Yeah, <laughs> geez, <laughs> that's how this season started. But so the cap was already going to be going down, and a lot of teams were going to have cap space, and now there's going to be even less cap space. It's not going to be that that exciting of a summer. It's gonna be kind of a weird season, but next it's season, not even gonna be a
1: summer. It's gonna be a fall.
0: It's gonna be a fall, and but next season, I don't know. Enough players are getting rest that I feel like maybe like I don't know. The teams who are in the NBA Finals get off to a bit of a slow start. But even so, there's not a lot of travel, let's say, that's involved. All these players are gonna be staying in Orlando, and can we so yeah, talk about? Yeah, so that's
1: yeah, that's your that, that's the scheme also, here. Is that it's a little it's a it's a big bubble. They're not letting anybody enter or. Exit their little bubble area in Orlando at the, what is it called? The Walt Disney ESPN Wide World of Sports. The Walt Disney World Resort near Orlando. That's what it's called.
0: And yeah, it's so the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Reveal. So, there was a Yahoo writer. I can't remember his name right now.
1: Adrian it was, Wojnarowski.
0: It was not Adrian Wojnarowski. He works for ESPN.
1: Are you sure? Who works for Yahoo? No, Woj definitely works for Yahoo. No, he worked for Yahoo. No, he
0: but anyway, so there was a, a reporter who relatively recently had actually worked at the, com- at the Disney, for Disney. Not like, I don't know, he wasn't like goofy or something like that. He worked for Disney, for the, for the corporate office. And so he recently transitioned to start working for Yahoo, and I think in basketball. And so he had what was really, a really smart idea, which was put the players in Disney World. Disney World is the perfect kind of place Because you've got a lot of basketball courts. You've got lots of places for people to stay. And it's really easy to make sure no one leaves. And also, this wasn't really mentioned, but Orlando is sort of a ghost town compared to the other places that were mentioned, like Texas, like... Arizona, I think, was mentioned. Arizona, I think, has been more mentioned for baseball. Yeah. But, yeah, like Las Vegas, I think that's very difficult to keep the players out of, you know, the rest of Vegas. But Disney World, I mean... It's Disney World is definitely the most exciting thing in Orlando. And I can say that. Now, uh,
1: don't talk about the magic like that.
0: The bat, yeah, the magic, <laughs> magic. Don't get invited. No, they do. Wait, magic they do. Don't-
1: yes, I'm pretty sure they do.
0: No one in the stands, but like. Uh, mean, yes, they do. they do. They do. They do. Sort of on their home turf, but anyway, what I think is a little bit of a wrench in this. This is sort of assumed that no one would be going back to Disney World, and Disney World seems eager to reopen the park, at least in a limited capacity, so I'm a little more skeptical of how the NBA is going to make it work, but at the very least Adam Silver and the Board of Governors, which is just a really nice way of saying owners because they don't want to say owners, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, Adam Silver and the Board of Governors agree with this, with the ML- with the NBA PA. There was a whole deal with like Chris Paul and LeBron James and several other star players all got in a Zoom call and talked about their, what they want to for the season man
1: like, basically i i'm pretty sure the whole message was man we just want to play
0: exactly that's what the overwhelming majority of people said everyone was on board everyone these people enjoy the sport i don't know if mlb owners enjoy watching baseball that's i i just think that's true but anyway
1: <laughs> yeah no they uh, yeah mm.
0: like because you've got people like steve Ballmer. steve Ballmer, of course you want to see the clippers play First of course, I'm to see the Clippers play as soon as possible. Mark
1: Cuban wants to see the – well, I mean, does James Dolan want to see the Knicks play?
0: James Dolan doesn't have to see the Knicks play. That's the beauty of this.
1: Well, yeah, but, like,
0: still. I think he does. I think, I think he likes the Knicks. I just I – I think he would love it. He was the only person in Madison Square Garden, and the Knicks played every night for him, even if they lost every time. He would enjoy that. But anyway, this is not a bad James Dolan podcast. That can happen literally any time. Um. So, do you want to talk more about the different ideas that we saw, that we saw? Because I really, I don't know if I ever got your opinion on the group stage thing, but I thought that was so fascinating.
1: Yeah. Refresh my memory on the group stage thing.
0: So, the reason. Okay, so we've got twenty-two teams right now, and it was basically. Well, let's think of the teams that sort of could have been in playoff contention, and there's the Wizards in the East in the Ninth Spot, who might. Get within four games or so, which is what the play-in cutoff is going to be. And there are four teams in. Uh, four, yeah, there are four teams in. No, there are I, five. There's five. There's the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Suns. The Suns and Spurs, or just the Spurs?
1: No, yes, Spurs and Suns.
0: Spurs, Suns, and Spurs. So those teams all have a possibility of making class. The real reason for a lot of this is the Blazers and the Pelicans teams that everyone really thought should have a chance at making the playoffs. But anyway...
1: Mainly the Pelicans, because people wanted to see Zion.
0: Exactly. Everyone wants to see Zion. The league knows how much money Zion makes. I think the highest rated game of the season was Zion's debut. More so than, like, LeBron versus Kawhi classes, which is insane to me. But it's true. But so anyway, the group stage, which I thought was such a smart idea, and I would love it if they implemented in some fashion, in later years, because I think it really is intriguing, is you st- is you have twenty teams instead of this. So the extra teams would be. Wait, the- is this like a
1: WBC th- kind of format?
0: Yeah, or like a People World Cup is the way that they really play it.
1: All right, so yeah, so there's just going to be different groups, and you play your way through that group, and whoever advances through that group gets to like.
0: Okay. And you have a couple okay. of games each team in your group, and-, and each team wants to win. I mean, there. The only real detraction from that is that, let's say, there's a team that knows it's going to be eliminated. I don't know why it, teams wouldn't want to play spoiler. It's always fun to play spoiler. But so anyway, that's how it would have been. And then after two, the top two teams from each group are then selected to go to the next round. Now, here is where I think the coolest possible thing could have been. Let's say two teams finish tied for the same, they have the same amount of wins, like the two, seed in the th- the two spot in the three spot, or they're both the two spot in this case. And you suddenly have, like, the Celtics and the Sixers playing a, in a one-game playoff to decide who gets to go into the next round. It's even more exciting than a Game 7, in my opinion.
1: You sound like the people that are advocates for the wildcard game.
0: Exactly. The wild card game, it's insane. It's so much fun. No one regrets it. And it sucks so much for the team that loses. But how much better is it for the team that wins?
1: What? Wow, that's that's a weird way of looking at it. Just yeah. Imagine if you're the winning team and not the losing team.
0: But, I mean, of course, yeah, yeah, but, like, it's a lot more – God, because just that whole aspect of you win or lose, winner, winner takes it, uh, loser goes home. I mean, if you're in a like, your seven-game series, maybe there's, like, ups and downs, there's controversy about the series, and you're just glad to make it to that game step in the first place. But that one game, I think it's just – so much like when we ha- ever we have game one sixty three in baseball, that whole season you've done this and you still ended up tied. It's one game to decide who wins. One game to decide who goes on.
1: Yeah, but here's my thing: in the NBA, home court advantage is way more real than basically anywhere else except for maybe hockey. Yeah. And whoever gets the home game has like such an advantage.
0: Yeah.
1: Isn't that kind of like?
0: There are no home games in this.
1: Why am I? Wow, all right.
0: In Orlando, there are no home games. There are no <laughs> what if,
1: Yeah. No what, if, what, if if play- what if the there? 8 and the 9 seed, what if the Magic are tied for the 8 seed and they have to play for a one-game playoff?
0: Exactly. The, think about nuts it would be. Just see, or like, What if you have the Pelicans make a surprise run and then you have the Pelicans against...
1: Against the, the Magic Pelicans. in the finals?
0: What you, no, what if you have the Pelicans against the Clippers for that one spot? The Clippers are this team which like they came in assuming they were going to be the favorite. Maybe they lost a few bad games and suddenly Kawhi has to prove he's better than Zion, basically, for the Clippers to go on. That's the kind of excitement that something like that would bring. And as a Celtics fan, how tense would you be going up against the Sixers in a one-game playoff like where Joel Embiid you know is going to absolutely go all out?
1: Yeah, but it comforts me knowing that Ben Simmons still won't shoot threes.
0: Exactly. Well, that's why the Celtics are better than the Sixers, but for another podcast. But – the group stage unfortunately did not happen; it was rejected. I think the Trailblazers were the only team to, to vote for it, but they unfortunately were turned down. And
1: also, the Blazers were the only team to vote against this. They weren't; That's they the weren't game voting game. against the plan. They just thought there was a better plan.
0: Yeah, they... I think there were some that voted for the group stage, and like when they were initially drafting the plan. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like the kind of new thing that almost seems a little too gimmicky. But at the same time, in such strange times, that's the best place to introduce the gimmick because it's so easy to put it away because it's low risk, high reward. But I digress. All right. So we I'm not sure how, much, how often we're going to be doing the podcast during this time, but we know that within less than two months, we're going to start having live sports again.
1: Yeah, July, July 31st, we should be back to a weekly schedule.
0: Let's assume that baseball comes back at some point. Maybe they agree... To a seventy-game season with entirely prorated salaries, which isn't what either the players want or the owners want. But at least it's something to look forward to. But even if that happens, even doesn't. Which so which sport exactly are we looking forward to seasons the season? Today? Because we haven't even talked about the NHL, which has its own extremely exciting plan. That actually, do you want to talk? Can I, can I talk about that for like a few minutes?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. So NHL is kind of, um, it's kind of the NFL's playoff. Workings. Oh, no, it's different. It's no, I know. It's I know. It's different. So the top three teams in each conference, or is it the top four?
0: So, here's how it works. So there's the top four teams in each conference. Each of them basically enters a round robin for seeding. Well, not a round robin. Is it a round robin? Yeah, it was
1: a round robin. That's what I heard it described as.
0: So it's a round robin for seeding, although it's technically, um, it's it's really the top four in each. Is it the top four in each conference? Yes. That way. Yeah, the top 4 in each conference will end up getting seeded according to how well they do in the round up. The reason they're doing this is because of what they're doing with the rest of the NHL. So the rest of the NHL, basically it's sort of like it's sort of like a bracket looking thing where you you basically you pair off teams like the best like the 5th seed is going to play against the 12th seed because you're, so you so because you have 24 teams total in this. So you're inviting extra teams in it give teams that may have made the playoffs we don't know a chance. And then while that's going on, the other the better teams are going to be playing the round robin to make sure that they're in game shape too. No one is really missing out on getting in game shape. And I think it's just the most fascinating thing because you don't usually get something like this. It's just an expanded version of the playoffs where you actually get to see a bunch of game like you're going to see the Blues play the Avalanche or the Capitals play the Bruins or the Lightning play the Bruins, or whoever, before the final round. But at the same time, they're still going to be trying to advance to try to get the best seats. And maybe you'll see people jogging for position, depending on um, which teams get through to the next round. Maybe if you're the Blues, you want to play the Golden Knights, not the Predators, or something along That's those
1: That's not – why would you want to play – I would have played the Predators all day if, if I were
0: – Oh, God, as a Blues fan, I hate playing the Predators. I hate.
1: Really? are don't they? They have Yossi and they have had, who else? They
0: have our number. They have our number. It's as simple as that. I don't. Tr- the Predators have always had our number. But I. Oh my God. what I love. I would love playing the Blackhawks. I would love it if the the Blackhawks it <sighs> in the Blues at to the top spot. Oh, that would be beautiful. Just to just crush them into submission. I don't know. We 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 really got that monkey off our backs in 2015. Sorry. Then we got a crush by the shark. But so, which league do you think has positioned itself the, position the best? Which one is going to have them? Like, are you excited by the NBA's upcoming season? Are you excited? By- I'm, ex- I'm
1: excited by the NBA's upcoming season mainly because it doesn't seem like it's that much of a detour from what the season was. It's just that eight teams aren't going to be playing. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think anybody wanted to see the Warriors play another game or the Knicks or the Cavs. I don't think anybody wanted to see them play another game.
0: Yeah. I mean, Seth was back, but. It's insane to me that Steph played five games this season. He basically got to sit out the entire season in the lost year, and it's not going to count count against him. Yeah, um,
1: that's 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 true.
0: Yeah, in the season where like they could have finished as like the seventh or the eighth seed or the ninth seed or something like that, and had a like serious tarnish on his legacy, instead he just misses almost the entire season. And it's like ah, oh, if only Steph was there. They yeah, people are going to
1: look back and be like, oh right, that was the coronavirus season. They're not going to remember that Steph broke his hand. Yeah.
0: But anyway, MLB, I don't know. Sam, tell me about the OOTP, uh, baseball reference thing, and explain it.
1: All right, so, that, so, you know, for computer nerds like us, it's fun to at least have a semblance of, man, what's go- what would have been happening? You know, we love to run simulations, and baseball reference and Out of the Park Baseball 21 are teaming up to – they have been teaming up to run a simulation of the season that's running in real time, so you can't look ahead – to see what the results of games could be, only what's happened so far. Um, Some interesting things have happened. Out of the Park Baseball is a, uh, for those who don't know, it's just a, uh, it's basically a spreadsheet game where you simulate seasons and just see what happens. So that's what they did in Baseball References, keeping us updated with all of the standings and stats through every day. Um, for baseball fans that are miss, you know, the looking at all the stats like us. And for example, if you wanted to see how Juan Soto was doing, well, you'd see that he has a 12.74 OPS right now, and
0: he, oh, what, 12.74 now? It was 12.01 the other day.
1: Maybe I'm missing something. Other way, he's literally becoming te- he's he's becoming Mike Trout if Mike Trout knew how to hit.
0: Yeah, it, it people have said that Juan Soto. Reminds them of Albert Pujols when Albert Pujols was first coming in the league, except I don't know he can run faster. But he is such an incredible hitter, such a talented hitter that I don't know. We talked on this pod earlier before the season about who was going to be the who are MVP candidates or Cy Young candidates, and at least one of us, might have been both of us, were big proponents of Juan Soto being the MVP this year. He is coming to his own, and you said Walker Bue. I think you said Walker Buehler. Yeah, Walker
1: Buehler has like. Uh, he has an ERA well under two. He, he has a whip under like 0. 0.6. Crazy. crazy Walker stuff. Bula.
0: He was my pick. He was my pick for Cy Young. I remember that. Yeah. But So I think the craziest thing. Well, here's something that isn't crazy. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Surprising no one. I think, what, they lost like 15 games or something like that? Uh, they're currently 48 and 17. And
1: the Mariners. The Mariners are 41 and 26, a half game out of the AL West. Who's in first? The A's or the Ashes? The A's.
0: The Astros are in third place in the AL West, and
1: yeah, by one game.
0: If you guys remember the Petriello podcast, I said that I was worried about this Astros season. And this, can we talk about how perfect everything has turned out for the Astros this year?
1: <sighs> what do we? Ha- why nobody wants to hear that?
0: As in, like, you're the only Astros fan here. I know. Well, there's only one non-Astros fan here, so. I'm not that outnumbered, but so the Astros, they were going to be booed so mercilessly this season, tormented by fans. Everyone was going to hate on them. And you know what happens instead? The first half of the season goes missing. There are going to be no fans at games. And the one season where I was worried about them, because I thought this was a bit of a transition year for them, I mean, to be fair, they might lose the services of George Springer after the season, which would be pretty, which would not be very fun. But they're going to rebuild – they might rebuild their rotation and their prospects – who the prospects of the need are going to be coming up. It's a weird draft for everybody. And, I mean, they don't – they're not going to really lose that much by not having their – the big money first and second picks in their draft that they lost this year because it's only going to be a five-round draft. Another case of, you know, MLB screwing over the only people that matter, but whatever. But, yeah, very lucky to be an Astros fan at a time like this.
1: I think yeah, that's it's who all. It's all. It's of right
0: all. Right now, all because roses. you don't get the terrible things that were that probably deserve it that were coming your way. Who would you say it sucks the most to be a fan of right now? In all, any sport.
1: In any sport, it sucks to be a fan of the Hawks. I guess.
0: Not like, not like a good team that.
1: No, because all the good teams are going to get their chance.
0: Yeah, the Hawks. I think they, they had their fun in the sun it's not like yeah really- but
1: vince carter didn't get a proper send-off still but
0: yeah unfortunate i don't know if Dwayne wade was still retiring this year i think he would have come back next year just he's like oh damn it i missed charlotte like charlotte's gotta give me my gift too i need a live bobcat jeez oh my god <laughs> because Dwayne wade is the Kind of the next coming of Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something along the Michael Jordan did not have a re- did he have a retirement going away sort of deal when he was on the Wizards? No, because
1: he retired three different times. Yeah. They didn't know if he was actually being serious.
0: Yeah, but Dwayne Wade basically was like, "Oh, on the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Everyone, give me gifts." And Dirk was kind of like, uh, "Okay."
1: I... Dirk, the Dirk was like, uh, "This is the end of the season. Surprise! I'm retiring." Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny he, he said that, and it's like, well, that's me it's, it's not really a big surprise. Yeah, you're old and kind of well, a bit useless.
0: Yeah. Dwayne Wade reminds me of Derek Jeter in a lot of ways. Although Dwayne Wade is more likable. Yeah, Duane Dwayne
1: Wade was an accumulator. Was
0: an accumulator. Could never, never hit threes. Derek Jeter, couldn't play defense. Worst defender, worst shortstop in Major League history. Defending shortstop. I hope the Yankees fans are still listening. Um, But anyway. I hope,
1: you, I hope Yankees fans still exist.
0: Yeah, we've made fun of the Knicks and the Yankees, but like
1: because they're both uh, dumpster fires.
0: Yeah, who else I who else do we need to make fun of in New York? I think
1: uh the Jets. The Jets?
0: Yeah, Jets are doing all right. They're you driving away fun.
1: Jamal Adams. He's he literally doesn't want to play for you guys.
0: Yeah, but they're the Jets. It almost can be expected. They're like they're um, they're maybe not as disappointing as the Knicks, but
1: Rangers you're getting outclassed by the Islanders.
0: It's Capoc- listen, at least they didn't pick Jack Hughes who is a bust. That's New Jersey. Jackie's like 17 years old, dude. Yeah, and tiny. But anyway. And um, still hasn't hit puberty. Yeah. Like 5'10". He's like, listen, kid's a good skater. And I just don't know if uh, he's ever going to be able to last in the league. I think he has something like, is it the worst plus minus of any number one overall pick ever in his rookie season? I mean, he's, still, he's playing for the Devils. Yeah, who are a pretty terrible team. Um, they've rid of Taylor Hall, their lockery luck, lottery luck guy. Oh my God! Everyone knows the Coyotes are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, and they still. Hall. But they
1: got Taylor Hall; they're fine, right? Yeah,
0: they have Taylor Hall, so they're going to lose in this like <laughs> weird, strange round of the playoffs. Get into the lottery and end up with the first pick. Is there a lottery, or is it just the top seven? I don't know. The NHL runs things in a strange way, but the NBA's lottery should be going on.
1: Yeah, it will. It's going on based on regular season records after play or ended the first time
0: yeah the nba is handling this well as you've heard from us during this podcast major league baseball is not and as such i don't know i'm excited for the mlb season i love just like a little bit of amount of time and seeing what craziness can happen but for a sport where so much it really is about accumulation especially for a lot of stars like i don't know in the nba you don't count up how many threes james harden made in the season wow but you do look at how many home runs Joey Gallo hit for his career so it is a little disappointing not to see just to see at least half a season just pretty much go missing hopefully when we do end up getting sports back they will be pretty fun even if there's no one in the stands.
1: yeah hopefully the leagues will do something fun and like superimpose fans or put what the KBO is doing right now and putting stuffed animals in the crowd
0: yeah the KBO knows how to handle it yeah, I say the
1: only, only highlights I see of KBO are from Pitching Ninja, there's GIFs.
0: Exactly. But the KBO is starting on ESPN right now. I think they're getting more play than MLB even ever was, which is a whole other... Really crazy work.
1: considering it's pretty much at 4am every day.
0: Yeah, so we're hoping to have more fun talking about sports later on, and hopefully we will see you guys sooner rather than later. Thank yep. you if you're actually opening this up during time of pandemic. If you were anticipating this for like three months, then here we go. Yeah, glad we, we're here. That we could lighten things up a little bit. Thank you so much.
1: See ya.